So, today we have um, a guest speaker. So, I'm going to ask you to give him a huge round of applause when he comes up here. Also, congratulate him on his beautiful wife and also his amazing baby who's here today. What a great family. I'm going to hand you over to Shane. Most of you know him, and if you don't, get to talk to him when we're finished today and get to know him. Amen. Want to come up? Good morning. It's good to be here. Thanks for that intro. Um, it's funny when you get introduced, you're like, what do you say next now? He's kind of told you all about me. Uh, before I do introduce myself, I just want to say uh, wow to that worship team. You've done an amazing job. Um, yes. Um, a special shout out to Ushin. Um, I've known Ushin for many, many years as a young lad to now a man. Um, up here leading and that you sung so well you're just like a rock star on the guitar um, I just want to encourage you and say keep going keep going for God and nothing beats for me anyway seeing young people step into their calling and going for God so keep going all right yeah you're doing great come on well uh, I see some new faces in the room. If you don't know me, um, my name is Shane, and uh, I'm married uh, to the wonderful Ruth, who's here with me this morning looking gorgeous as ever. And uh, now there's three of us. Uh, just a few weeks back, uh, very recently, uh, my wife gave birth to a beautiful baby girl, as you can see, a Harlow May Maguire. It's a good name, isn't it? Yeah? I've got a picture for you. Are you all so cheery this morning? This is great. Um, This is her uh, last week uh, getting ready for church. And uh, yes, so I think she's the youngest in our church right now, which is great. So uh, yeah, she's so cute, isn't she? I could talk to you all day about her. Trust me. Um, Honestly, she's amazing. And uh, like Brian said, we used to be part, well, I used to be part of the Hope Center uh, for I think around seven years as a teenager up until maybe I was about 21 and um, I went on this internship a couple of years back and as I was there an opportunity came up, but I came up in a church here called St. Catherine's Church, I don't know if you heard of it, it's in the city, it's just on Thomas Street and I uh, rang up Brian, I was like, hey, should I go for this? And he's like, yeah, go for it, I'm blessing you, this is, this is the time, uh, this is the season, go for it. Went for it, got the job, and uh, coming up this August will be two years uh, being in St. Catherine's as the youth pastor. Uh, so basically what that involves is working with young people week to week and uh, being involved in their lives, helping them out with their faith journey. Sometimes it's helping them out with other stuff, and we love get, uh, what we get to do there. It's a real joy, and uh, they're meeting this morning as well. They'd just be finishing up now, actually, um, but it's good to be here and uh, excited for what God uh, wants to say this morning. Before I jump in, let me honor. Brian and Anne. I know Anne's outside, uh, but it's always a joy to come back and be with you. Um, you don't know what it means to, to come and to be here. I always wait, you know, it's, it's, I go all year round, I wait to come back here. Like, and I mean that, I really do, because this is such a part of my life. This, this church, this community will always be part of my life. It'll always be part of my story as I get older and older and whatever I go on to do. And so it's always a joy to come back and be with Brian and Anne, be with people here who are friends, who are family, uh, who I've grown up with, who really were my mothers and fathers as I was getting older, you know. And so it's always good to come back. And also my mom is here this morning, uh, who's doing an incredible job on worship. Um, so just so good to be with you guys. You're doing a great job. And uh, I want to say this before I move on. You know, the church is not a building. The church is not a building. It's a group of people. 
And no matter what happens, whether you lose this building, you gain another one, I want to say to you this morning, as you entered into worship, I've just seen a church, a group of people who were expecting God to do something. There was people here, arms raised in the year, uh, very uh, open to what God wants to do, ready to receive. I just felt like there was a strong group of people in here that said, you know what, we are the church. I just want you to hear that this morning, that no matter what happens in this season of the building, of having it or losing it or gaining one, you are the church. All right? If you have a Bible on you this morning, why don't you turn with me to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Uh, we're going to be talking from the story in uh, verse 46 to 52, the story of blind Bartimaeus. The story of blind Bartimaeus. I'm going to read it out of the English Standard Version. It says this, And they, being the disciples in Jesus, came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, And say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. And he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. This morning, Hope Center, I really felt in my spirit, I wanted to preach something to you called throw it off. Throw it off. Can we pray together? Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here. God, I thank you for every individual that made the choice to be here this morning. God, I pray that they would, I pray this morning, God, that they would feel like they're seen. God, I pray this morning that they feel like they're valued in this place. God, I pray whatever of this message, God, you want to speak to each and every individual. God, I pray you would just open up their ears, open up their heart right now. And God, I pray that you would use me as your servant to communicate this as best as I can. And I just pray that at least somebody leaves this place feeling a little bit more inspired, a little bit more encouraged, a little bit more hopeful, and filled with faith for what's next. So we pray you have your way. And everybody said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Uh, Recently, uh, I've been thinking a lot about moments in life moments in life. And last week I was preaching at our church and we're doing a series called Mobilize. And really it's about activating, uh, uh, activating your faith in everyday life. And uh, the last line I used in the talk was this, mobilize every moment. Mobilize every moment. And what I meant by that was uh, every moment is available for us to conquer. Every moment is available for us to conquer. Now, let's be honest, life is filled with Good moments and bad moments. Life is filled with small moments. Like, for example, I was getting dressed this morning. And as you can see, I, I'm a very different person. I like, I like my fashion. I like my clothes. You know, I've got more clothes than anybody, to be honest with you. My, my wardrobe is filled. Uh, Ruth gets a small little corner and I get, you know, no, I'm joking. Um, but, but, but I was getting dressed this morning. And, and I'll be honest with you, I wanted to wear a hat this morning. And uh, I went into Ruth and I had the hat on. And I says to her, I says, is it okay if I wear this? And she just said, no. 
All right, that was it. And, uh, <laughs> and that was a funny moment, but the reality is it, it was a small moment. All right, it was a small moment. You probably won't remember that, but it was a small moment. And then in life, there's big moments, right? There's big moments. It's like getting married or getting the promotion or getting the house, or getting the degree, you know, big moments, big days, you know, or having a baby, yes, or having a baby. I'm going there, Anne, I'm going there, Anne, trust me. All right, and I'm pretty sure everyone could tell you about those days in their lives. No problem. But what's really interesting about moments, and trust me, I'm going somewhere with this, is the before and after. Like, like the ex- expectation that rises in, in building up to a moment and then you have it and then you have the aftermath of the moment and how you're feeling and was it what you were going to feel or you, you have this kind of mixed emotions. Like having a baby. Told you I was going there. Best moment ever. Alright. But how many of you know we had to wait nine months? Alright, you have to wait nine months for the baby. And then you're close to your due date, and you've got to wait until baby, not mama, baby decides it's time, right? Yes? And I remember the morning Ruth came in to me, and uh, she said, it's time. It's time. And I says to her, babe, yeah, go back to bed. Uh, <laughs> so we were looking at me like, you're a terrible husband. It was like 5 a.m. in the morning. When she said this to me, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. And honestly, it was like, that was the moment. She was like, I need to go. I was like, all right. So we made some calls. We got ourselves to the hospital. And uh, turns out she had a little bit more to go. Um, turns out it was actually two days she had to go. And uh, you know those things they call contractions? Yeah, she was having those for almost two days, which was so funny because when, you know, if, if, if anyone has experienced this, if you have children as a, as, as a man and, uh, and a wife, like, you'll know that during this period, you really can't do anything. Like, you'll feel so helpless. You're just like, what can I do? How can I help? You know, I think I stayed awake with you that whole time, but literally I could not do anything. It was just like, I'm here. I'm present. You know, um, I thought I got to the end of it and I felt, you know, a little bit what she felt, but that wasn't really true. So, two days in, it's coming towards Saturday afternoon. Remember, we've been in the hospital now since Friday morning. And uh, they say that the baby is not coming out, you know, the natural way. It, it, the baby's head apparently was too big, too, well, not too big, too high um, to make its way out. So, they decide we have to go to this place they call the theater. Now, in a man's head, the theater sounds like a screen, seats, and you get to sit back and probably watch this. But that was not the case at all. Um, in fact, uh, they brought me up. They, they, they took, put Ruth on the bed. They bring her up to this place called the theater. They sit me outside. And they tell me to put this outfit on. There should be a picture of me with the outfit. Um, there we go. Look at that guy. Now, you can just, just think. Now, this is like two days in. No sleep. You know. No idea what's going to happen next. But... I'm waiting. They tell me I have to put this on. I have to wait. They're going to come get me. So what do you do in that moment? You take a picture and send it to everybody like I think it's happening. (laughs) And so uh, I'll never forget it. Saturday, 1st of June, 5 p.m. I'm in the room. The curtain comes down. We hear this cry. And baby Harlow McGuire makes her appearance. Probably the most special moment of my entire life. Honestly. And they brought her over to this table. They cleaned her off. 
And they call me over and says, Daddy, come on. Come over and see your daughter. And I see her for the first time. And um, yeah, we, we go over. I see her. And they, they put me in her arm. They, they, they bring the baby over, put her beside Ruth. As you can see, Ruth's still getting all stuff there. By the way, how good does she look for someone who's getting surgery on a wake two days right there? Like that's, yeah, come on. That's like <laughs> insane. So, so this is happening. And then... Uh, what happens from here then, which is really interesting, they bring me down with the baby, let Ruth get all sorted. They bring me into a room with the midwife. Midwife sits me on a chair just like this and uh, puts the baby in my arms and says, okay, now I'm going to go and do some stuff and Ruth will be back down in 10 minutes. And so I'm left there with this baby in my arms on my own in the room. And uh, that was a moment. That was such a special moment. I remember I just bawled. I cried my eyes out and uh, it was just probably the best moment uh, of my entire life. And so life is filled with moments. Life is filled with moments. And in our story today, we meet a guy who has probably been waiting for this moment for what felt like forever. And I'm going to set the scene for you. Jesus is arriving into town. And at this point, he's been performing miracles. He's been doing all the, all the good things we read about in Scripture. He's been healing people. He's been forgiving people. He's been setting people free. And so he's not just with his squad, his crew of, of disciples. He's actually now picked up a bunch of followers, a bunch of, uh, a big crowd are coming into the city. So you could just imagine like St. Patrick's parade, crowds gathering. This is probably what's going on. And then we hear about this guy sitting along the roadside. A guy called Bartimaeus. The Bible describes him as son of Timaeus, which son of Timaeus means a, a, someone who is, is, is a son of honor or a son of esteem, which we know is then some point along the way, Bartimaeus had something good going and lost it all. He hears the crowds, they're shouting, Jesus, Jesus. And I'm sure Bartimaeus would have heard this going on a lot. I'm sure he would have been uh, listening into conversations as people walked by that Jesus was, was someone who was doing miracles, someone who was proclaiming to be God. And in this moment, it's so interesting because he begins to shout out, Son of David, have mercy on me. He calls him by his heritage. Son of David, have mercy on me. Next of all, the crowds, they say, shut up. Stop yelling. And what's so interesting about this moment is that Bartimaeus, being a beggar, he would have normally asked for change. Like, this wouldn't have been a new thing for him to talk. This wouldn't have been a new thing for him to ask people for something. This wouldn't be a new thing for him to probably talk to the crowds, to the people walking by. But in this moment, this particular day, the crowds had something to say back to him. And I felt this this morning. The enemy has no problem with you begging for stuff as long as you're not begging for God. The enemy has no problem with you begging for stuff as long as you're not begging for God. He has no problem with you begging for money. He's no problem with you begging for relationship in all the wrong places. He's no problem with you begging for likes or comments on Instagram or Facebook. He's no problem with you begging for material things, for temporal things. Because here's the thing, if you get God, you get everything. If you get God, you get value. If you get God, you get purpose. If you get God, you get forgiveness. And if you get forgiveness, you get freedom. You get relationship 
Because someone that's not going to leave you or walk away from you. Someone that's not going to forsake you. You get real relationship. The enemy has no problem with you begging for stuff as long as you're not begging for God. And the story goes on and it says, he shouts a little louder. He shouts a little louder. He, he gets a bit of fight in him in this moment. And my first point this morning, Hope Center, is you've got to throw off the crowd. You've got to throw off the crowd. Some of you are missing out on all God has for you because you keep listening to the crowd. Sorry, I'm just going to be real this morning. You're mad. That can't be true. Why do you go there? The church is no good. We all get it. It's time to throw off the crowd, to stop listening to voices left and right of you that are pulling you back. Get a bit of fight in you like Bartimaeus and go for God. Go for God. Many times growing up as a teenager, I was so influenced by the people who were left and right of me in school, the people who I hung around with on the streets who were like, you're mad, you're crazy, why do you go there? That's not true. That's not real. Why would you believe in that stuff? And genuinely looking back, today with a wife and, and a child and the greatest family in the earth, but, but ultimately I found my purpose and, and freedom in Jesus. Like I know who I am. It's so worth it. It's so worth it to go for God. And if I could tell our generation anything today, our young people, it'd be like, it's so worth it to go for God. Like, don't hold anything back. Just go for it. If you get God, you get everything. Jesus says to his disciples, he says, okay, call him over. Disciples go over, they kind of rough him up and kind of dust him off and you know, get him ready. I'm sure these are like, oh, uh, you know, kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm a disciple, you know, I'm in the crew, I'm going to. What's so interesting about this moment is Bartimaeus, he, he throws off the cloak. He throws off the cloak. Now, for today's modern terms, we're going to call it a coat because we're all wearing coats, we're not really wearing cloaks, all right? What's so significant about the coat? See, the coat represented that he would be a certified beggar. Back in the day, back in Bible times, the government would issue this coat to you if you were certified. If you, if you couldn't contribute to community, if you really didn't have anything to give, if you were like outcasted, this is what you would be given. It's something to represent that you were a beggar. What's so interesting is the first thing he does when Jesus calls is he throws off the cloak. In other words, he says this, goodbye to the old me, hello to the new me. Some of us have been certified things. Some of us have been certified addict. Some of us have been certified broken, failure, liar, gossiper, financial wreck, Weak. I want to tell you today, you may have been certified, but you can be sonified. I'm explaining that a little bit. Because if the sun sets you free, come on, say a little bit, you're free in? Indeed. 
But if God calls you sonified, you are forgiven, free, called, loved, favored, valued. You don't always have to be what you've always been. I want to speak truth over you this morning. You don't always have to be what you've always been. You can throw off the coat. You can throw off the coat. You can throw off the thing that was holding you back. And I love this part of the story because it reminds me, my past does not have to define my future. No way. I get a fresh start in Jesus. And so Jesus asks him this question. What do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Anne, what do you want me to do for you? Ruth, what do you want me to do for you? Stephen, what do you want me to do for you? That's the question God is constantly asking us. What do you want? What is it deep in you that you're asking for? This is going to fall, probably. There we go. Now, Bartimaeus could literally reply with anything in this moment. All of us could reply with anything in this moment. Like, he could have said, hey, give me two million euro." Like, he could have said that. He could have said, give me all the money in the world. You know, this is what he could ask for. But Bartimaeus asked for something very, very different. He says, Rabbi, give me my sight back. Give me my sight back. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Give me my sight. I want to be short and sweet today, so if the band could start making their way back, that would be awesome. Because I felt like God wants to do some business outside of this talk. What's so significant in this moment about him asking for his sight back. See, his sight was the thing that refrained him from being a part of community. From being involved. Feel okay? Isn't a great stand beside my mum and lead? This is awesome. So, but uh, but this was the thing that refrained him from being a part of community. Some of us, it's not sight; it's something else. It's something else, and you know what that is. It's the thing that holds you back. It's the thing that holds you back from contributing, from giving, from serving, from showing up on a Sunday, from from playing your part. What is it? For Bartimaeus, it was his sight. He just wanted to see because if he could see, he could play his part again. He could contribute. He would be literally uh, inducted back into community. I can play my part. I can, I can have a, a part to play in all this. And the reality is we're all longing for a purpose. It's a deep down need that we all want. What, have I, what am I here for? What, why do I exist? What's my part to play? This is what he was saying. Give me my sight back. I can play. I can get in the game. I can get involved. I can be a part of this. And so, you got to throw off the crowd. You got to throw off the coat. But lastly, you got to throw the cup. You got to throw the cup. Now, I know in this story, he doesn't mention the cup. But, you know, if we're thinking of today, and I think back then as well, his cup, you know, this is the thing he would have used to beg. 
This is the thing we notice today when we walk down our streets and people are, are asking, they're, they're begging, they've, they've got a cup in their hand. And I think the cup was his source. The cup was his source. The cup was the thing that was going to provide his nightly meal. It, it probably got him his blanket. It, it was the thing that maybe gave him a slight feeling of temporal purpose. I can just imagine from over time, spending so much time and every day with this cup, it probably became part of him. Just like our earrings or our watches or our rings. You know, it probably just became part of him. Like he probably didn't go anywhere without the cup. Probably gave him his identity. And if he probably lost that cup, he'd have a breakdown. Some of us are like this in some ways. How am I going to survive without it? How am I going to survive without it? And that's what some of us do when we lose the thing. If they leave, what am I going to do? If I lose this job, what am I going to do? If I, if I don't go there, if I don't get it, what am I going to do? What is my life going to be like? We can get so wrapped up in the cup, and for some of you, it's not the cup, it's something else. I just want to remind some people, some of you don't understand why every time you're in a relationship and they leave, it's because they're a penny. They're a penny in the cup. They're not worth it. (laughs) You wanted a friend that was going to keep with you and then they keep stabbing you in the back. It's because they're a penny. And a penny ain't worth much at the end of the day. True? All that stuff is just a penny in comparison to all God has for you. And hear me this morning, Hope Center. You can't go for God and beg for stuff at the same time. <laughs> Sorry. That's not the life that Jesus calls us into. It's all or nothing. All or nothing. And here's the thing, and some of you need to catch this this morning. God wants some of you to go from getting a handout to giving a helping hand. But you've got to throw the cup. You can't hold the cup and give at the same... You can't do both at the same time. Um, okay, just for example, this is some people's cup. Sorry. More likes, please. More comments, please. Just, I'm going to keep posting pictures. I'm going to keep putting stuff up. Because this is going to fill my cup. I'm just going to keep scrolling. I'm going to keep getting something. This is some people's cup. Sorry, you might not think it's alcohol or drugs or something else. And maybe it is. But some people it's the phone. Some people it's something else. And then you wonder why you come in here on a Sunday and you sing these three songs and how great they were this morning, but you, you feel loved for those three songs and then you walk out of here and you're back to the phone again. You're back to, to, to the temporal stuff. You're back to begging for stuff that, that fills you for a moment but doesn't fill you for the eternal. Go for God. All of God. Hold nothing back. 15 years I've been following Jesus. I I asked Jesus into my life when I was 8 years old. And honestly, 
Is it easy? No. It's not easy. It's been tough, tough days. Trust me. Man, it's, it would have been so easy to just give in. I can think of so many times. Just, ah, just give in. Just do it. I can tell you now, I wouldn't, like I said earlier, I wouldn't change a thing. Is it hard? Yes. But take it step by step. Step by step. Throw off the crowd. Throw the cloak. Throw the cup. Throw the cup. Throw the cup. Stop begging for stuff elsewhere. Just throw the cup. So what do you need to throw off this morning? crowd, the voices, the naysayers, the ones that you'll probably call when you leave here and make other plans with and they won't acknowledge the fact that you are here and God done something and his presence was here and you've been empowered, you've been encouraged, you've probably been set free in some ways. Is it the coat? Is it the things that you're connected to in your past? The things that still make you, define you from your past? Are they the things that you need to throw off? What is it you need to throw off this morning? Or do you need to throw the cup and you're saying, hey, I'm ready to go all in. I no longer want to beg for stuff. I no longer just want to show up. Some, some, I'm just going to say this because I really feel it. Some of us show up to church begging for stuff. Some of us show up to church, give me a good talk. Give me a good, good word. No, that's not what God wants you. God wants you to be able to get up every day and actively engage with your word of God. That's why he gave it to us. You could be fed. You could be filled up. And your life could be filled. Did you know God wants to do so much more in your life than just a cup can contain? Like, this is the cup. That's what you're probably filling your life up right now. And God wants to fill your life, not a cup. He can't, he can't fit everything in here, what he wants to do in you and what he wants to do through you. He can't put it all in there. So, so you got to throw the cup because if you throw the cup, you're free for what he wants to do. You're like, okay, God, I'm, I don't, I'm not holding anything anymore. I'm not begging in any more places. I'm ready now. What do you want me to do? And I truly believe your, your miracle, your moment is on the other side of that decision because that was Bartimaeus. This is my moment. This is my chance. This is my opportunity. I am going to get quiet. I'm shouting a little louder. I'm getting my miracle. I'm getting my sight back. Today is the day. I'm going to throw off the crowd. I'm going to throw off the cup. I'm going to throw the cup. And so I want to pray for you. And if you want prayer this morning, I'd love for you to come forward. I'd love you to be able to take that, that next step and just trust what God wants to do in this moment. I know God's speaking to people. And I just want to stand with you. I want to pray with you. I know Brian would love to pray with you and maybe a few others. You gotta throw one of these things off. And I also want to say this this morning, because prayer ministry gets a, a bad rep sometimes for, for what it's all about. And so I want to say this this morning. Prayer ministry is not just for those who need help. This is a culture we need to shift in our churches. But just for those who want more. Just more of God. More of His presence. More of His blessing in our lives. We need to lose this culture. Oh, they're going to... No, that's not the... That's not the... They just want more of God. I think every one of us should want more of God in our lives.
I'm going to pray and then these girls are going to lead us in a song and I'm going to hang around up here if you'd love to come forth for prayer um, and if you'd like to close your eyes and if you want to receive maybe put your hands out if you feel comfortable to I'm going to pray for you Father thank you thank you for this story thank you for Bartimaeus thank you for what it represents to all of us today you know in some ways we're all Bartimaeus we may not be physically blind, but we have our days where we're spiritually blind. Where we're not open to what you want to do. I'm reminded of the few verses before when these two disciples are having the argument with Jesus and they're saying, who's the greatest? Like, who's the greatest? And they're standing beside the greatest. And yet they come with him into Jericho and they see Bartimaeus. And I think Jesus is not just up to one miracle here. I actually think he's up to two in this one, Brian. But can we be aware that Sometimes our lights go dim. Sometimes the lights go out. Sometimes we close our vision off. And we have to remember, Jesus is our vision. Brian said this morning, Jesus is our vision. Not the other stuff, the things that can drag us left and right. And so I pray this morning, anyone who's trying to fight right now to put you first in their lives. God, I pray right now you'd fill them with strength. You'd fill them with courage, God. You'd give them the bravery in their spirit, God, to, to trust you even more. To, to say, yes, today is the day. Today is the day I'm no longer holding on to the thing that certified me to my past. But I'm trusting in you. Because God, if you, if you, if you came to send your son to set me free, I'm believing today that you can set me free. And in that freedom, I can operate in my purpose. I can give. I can serve. I can play a part in all that you're doing. And God needs you to play your part. That's why he's called you. That's why he created you. You're unique. And he needs you a part of his kingdom on earth. You think you're in that job right now. Because it's just another season. It's just another payroll. No, God has positioned you there. Because he has you there for a purpose. Tell the story of Jesus. And I'm not talking about it in a weird way. I'm just saying, talk about the things that he's doing in your life. Like, if you're becoming free, tell somebody. If you've been healed, tell somebody. Come on, we need to talk about our experience more often. God, I pray for those right now who are far from you, who, who really just feel like they don't get it, who, who are still waiting for that revelation. God, would you just speak to them right now? You know, God's not a bully. He's not going to push you into anything. He's a gentle God. He's a kind, loving, patient God. And so he always waits for you to come to him. Maybe in your quiet heart right now, you just want to say yes to God. Yes to God. Maybe you want to give a little bit more of your life back to him where, where you haven't surrendered yet. Where do you need to say yes to God this morning? What part of you needs to say yes to God this morning? more of your presence come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit you do so much in this place right now the unseen and the seen thank you God thank you for your word thank you for this church God I just pray right now over the future of this church God, I pray it's better and brighter than anything we've ever imagined, anything we've put to paper, anything you've ever we threw out even in a boardroom. I just pray right now, God, that you just feel the leaders of this church with vision right now. And God, I'd also pray for just a, a miraculous provision in finances. God, would you just resource this church? God, would you just give it everything it needs, God? 
God, where they need to write checks, God, where they need to uh, uh, meet with people and say, yes, we have it, we, we can confirm. God, I pray, would you just put it into the bank account? I don't know how you're going to deal, would you just resource this church? Just resource. And I pray as you do that, God, make this church a generous church. That they would be free of their finances. They wouldn't have it as a thing that would, uh, 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 like, like, captive them. Like, put them in prison with it. I pray that they would be free of their finances and they would freely give. We don't need it. The church doesn't need it. But the difference your finances can make when you use it towards what God wants and His heart. So make this a generous church. Resource this church. Fill it with vision for the future. And as Brian said, I pray, and I pray this over every life in this room, may your vision be Jesus. May your vision be Jesus. I pray this in His name. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your words. Thank you for your truth that sets us free. Lord, I want to pray a blessing over your people. I want to pray that you would be with them every moment of every day. That, that Lord, I pray that they would recognize that you were with them every moment of every day. That we would sense your presence with us. That we would know that you are in the middle of our lives with us. Lord, I pray that this week, as we step into each day, that your people would reach out for you. That we would open our hearts, open our minds, and hear from you. I pray, Lord, the fellowship of your Holy Spirit will be tangible for each and every one of us. I pray that your grace and your mercy would chase each person down as they go from this place, Lord. May your presence be with each and every one of us. And I ask it in Jesus' name.